Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ghetto. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for now and forevermore. Or until one of us gets ported away to timey wimey land and, and becomes Time Lord or something. Uh, I would you know, love I love actually. I love time stuff. Anything yeah, to do with, uh, you know, forward, back, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just very cool. And interestingly mm-hmm. enough, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, but mm-hmm. that coincides with what we want to talk about today with everybody. Well, you, now that you, you realize that? It, there, there is one game specifically <laughs> that I do want to mention. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for this week's episode of Gettle, we're going to go down a little nostalgic path of the games that made us. And just talk a little bit about what it was like back in what we would consider maybe the early or golden era of video games and how they've influenced us today as 30-something adults Mm -hmm. and how we feel about the current gaming landscape. So a little bit more of a focused episode, I would say. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But if you're interested and you're keen to go with us on this journey, then we welcome you. (laughs) Welcome to our nostalgia arms. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ed, so so you came up with this topic earlier this week. Uh, You know, we were talking about what we wanted to do for the next episode of Gettle, and Mm. you actually mentioned you were working on a retrospective of a particular game for for Vamers. Yes. So perhaps we should start there. Let's start with the... The retrospective you were working on, and then we can go from there into the games that made us. Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> last week, well, last week um, on the last Gettle, I alluded to something that I was just playing around with. Um, this time, I decided to to make it come to fruition, and that is literally just taking a step back and and looking at essentially what we're doing today. Um, but in like a little bit of a deep dive. And what I decided was I'm going to do all of the games that I'll probably mention today. I don't know. Um, either way. I mean, it's going I, to be I a can't imagine you, you'd mention them all because there's so no, many. I mean, no, we, we, we have been alive we're going to for over three for, decades for now. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like, like for instance, Digimon. That, that's the one I, that, that's kind of the flagship one I want to start with. You know, I find um, that absolutely fascinating mm, because- why? If we were to talk about pocket monster styled games, oh, everybody yeah. I'm sure can think of the game, the franchise the actual that I am. Franchise. Yeah, the actual yeah. franchise. So mm. before we get into that and my little nostalgia-driven trip in that mm. regard, tell me about Digimon and why it's so like important to you. I really so, find that quite fascinating. So basically I don't know if I was just a stubborn child and I just didn't like whatever the mainstream <laughs> thing was back then. But I believe this. Um, <laughs> um, back when I was super young, um, I got really into the Digimon franchise, um, especially the anime, uh, specifically the anime. Um, and th- that's what I, to be fair, that's what, what I saw first before being exposed to Pokemon and to to the, the the franchise that today is the most expensive franchise mm, mm. Um, entertainment media has ever seen. Um, 
But yeah, I just loved Digimon. And when I was super young, I had a PlayStation 1. My my dad bought us a PlayStation, the, the slim, tiny PlayStation 1 um, from my uncle. And I I got four games on it. And those four games were uh, James Bond, Tomorrow Never Dies. It was Digimon World. It was Tomb Raider 3. And it was Croc, Legend <laughs> of the Gobos. Okay. Now, of... Of all of those, which I love deeply and I have a special place in my heart, Digimon is the one that stood out the most because it was this weird, specifically Digimon World 1. Um, mm. it, it's this, <clears throat> excuse me, it's this game where, the, the, you know, cutscenes back then. It was <laughs> super pixelated. video rendered uh, cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. The f- the first thing you see when you put up this game is is this child with with his little beanie. I think that's why he like caps and beanies today. Um, <laughs> get this little Tamagotchi thing. Now, now I only learned afterwards that Digimon was actually based on digital monsters. The Tamagotchi. It was literally a rival to the Tamagotchi. I did not know that. Um, in like the seventies I... and eighties. Oh. No, not yeah. that far back. I had Tamagotchis, uh, and I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it, it was, it was. I don't know how old to be that's, specific, no, but, but that's fascinating to me because I had always assumed, I suppose, because mm. never really looked into it, that mm. Digimon was a response to Pokemon's popularity. That's what I thought as well. Yeah, yes. that's fascinating. Turns out that's not the case. Um, they pretty much started at the same time. Did you ever have um, a Tamagotchi while we're speaking about it? I did. I'd had many. I mean, <laughs> those things were incredible. Like, I remember having the real, real one. You know, yes, the actual the Tamagotchi, the official one. Yeah. And then eventually more and more came out. All and of I remember clones. being in primary school and it being a genuine problem mm. where the teachers were upset that we were you know, playing because we well, well, we had to feed them, otherwise, they were going to die. Exactly, <laughs> you know, pick up their poop and feed them. No, I get that. Yeah. I, I must admit, that was actually quite wonderful if you compare yeah, it to today. It was a good time, yeah. You know, it was the kind of thing where it was this digital pet. Okay, you, you know, I mean, we have digital devices on us today, which are now ubiquitous yeah. technologies, but it was back in a time when having portable technology like that was not mainstream. And mm. if you now had this little creature, which was, it was so basic in the grand scheme of things, but mm. such a wonderful thing to try and keep alive, yeah. you know? And it was just, I don't know, it's, it's really like fascinating if you think about it, because I, I've always kind of wanted another Tamagotchi, you oh, know? Yes. And then they, they did release it, but it was so filled with uh, pay-to-play mechanics Kind of just ruined the whole. You're the whole speaking experience. of the official Tamagotchi app now, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah. It, it's it's just it was not such the a disappointment. Same. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, okay. Right. Now, pu- pulling it back to Digimon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was actually competitive to Tamagotchi. Now, yes, that is it was. it's still blowing my mind a little bit. Officially, it was it was marketed as the the masculine Tamagotchi. Um, oh. <laughs> but, but but yeah. So so before I even knew that, I saw this cutscene, this FMV of of this child, yellow jacket, beanie, um, bringing his Tamagotchi home from school or something, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then he he falls and then he gets sucked into the Tamagotchi. And okay. then the game just begins because back then games, they had no yeah, tutorials. <laughs> it was just start. Gotta know um, how to play, bitch. <laughs> exactly. And you're greeted with this weird, fuzzy, almost cousin it looking t- Digimon called Gigimon. Um, oh gosh! And he tasked you with 
basically rebuilding File City, uh, which is the city, the main hub area of Digimon World 1. And throughout the game, this is very much Tamagotchi. You Mm, you basically mm. have to rebuild File City. But your Digimon, he poops, he sleeps, he battles. But if you don't look after him, if you don't battle enough, if if he poops too much, Mm. not in the toilet, but rather on the grass, if you don't feed him correctly, you'll digivolve into different things or just die. And this is where I got my first taste of looking after um, a character a digital creature <laughs> with actual repercussions that I had since then. Um, and like until I played Mass Effect way, way um, into the future, yeah, into the future, yes, like um, 20 I, years later almost. I, exactly. I've never yeah. played a game with that kind of repercussions. And it's amazing. And, and it just basically taught me how to, to look after digital do, things, do you I know guess. What I find really fascinating about this particular topic, as mm. in, you've mentioned Digimon, right? And yeah. it's linked to Tamagotchis. Yes. And conversely, those two points come down to what is effectively a rudimentary simulation. Yeah. Now, until this very moment, I never really pieced that together. Mm. And as a gamer, even now in my adult life, I have an immense affinity for simulation titles. Yeah, you I, do. I, I really, yeah. really love them. And, mm. you know, now with your wonderful retrospective and mm. talking to me about the Digimon game and then relating that back to Tamagotchi, mm. it's actually really made me think to perhaps that's where it began for me so i i've always been lucky enough to have um all sorts of games around me right my Mm -hmm. my father was always very much into computers and technology and i still remember very fondly one of my first video games i ever played was on this old i think it was a uh I, I stand to be corrected, but like an x86 computer, like it, the Windows wasn't even on it. Oh, it was, a, yes. it was DOS-based. Yeah. And yeah. my dad had these floppy disks. You know, mm-hmm. this was before, you know, stiffies and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, um, you know, every game was loaded on one floppy. And mm. we'd, we'd put it in. And of course, now I'm talking about like, it's just, it's text. Like blue The game is made out of text. Pretty you know? much. Yeah. Yes. And I remember it was this, um, uh, not a war game, but it was about tanks. I can't recall the name right now, but it was basically just tanks and you had to fight things and that. And um. <laughs> My dad, yeah. sorry, Hans, to yeah, interject. Yeah. My dad had a war game. No, no, this was after the, uh, well, it was still floppies. I, yeah. I, I think he yeah. still has the floppies, but anyway, it was a little bit later, <laughs> but my dad had a game called Jagged Alliance. Mm. Maybe it could have been a precursor to that. Who, who, look, I do remember years ago, I wrote something for Vamers and I actually recall... Uh, finding the name of the game and actually writing it in whatever it is that I was working on at the time. And I just can't mm. recall now because it's so old. I mean, we're talking yeah, it's, easy that's 30 years ago, 32 mm. years ago, you know? But the reason why I, I, I kind of mentioned that a little bit is because my initial, not necessarily introduction to games, but my, it started on PC. And then mm. from that really rudimentary game, I was introduced to things like King's Quest um, and Loom. And Monkey Island, all of these games that were super, super rudimentary to an extent, but had a level of not necessarily simulation, but your choices did matter. 
Mm. You know, it, despite these games being very old, it was always like a, a core tenet of Lucas. Uh, I think it was Lucas. Uh, no, not Lucas Art. Sorry, Lucas of games. Sierra Sierra games. Oh yeah, um, okay, okay. you know, w- was to always have that kind of a, an element to it. Um, but honestly, no, sorry, backtracking a bit now because now I've, like, I've sidetracked ever so slightly. Well, that's fine. You know, <laughs> the the Tamagotchi is essentially that but in a somewhat more modern form that you can carry with you. Because remember, we're talking mm. super rudimentary here. You know, basic yeah. as uh, monocolor LCD with a battery that lasted like a week. Actually, the battery has lasted for a fair amount of time, if I must be honest. Um, and you, know, you have to look after this digital creature. And, you know, when I think about that, that must be a game that shaped me. It must right? be. Right? Because... For sure. I... Throughout my childhood then, I absolutely always gravitated to things like Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, to um, the, I want to say Star Wars, it's not Star Wars. Star Trek? <laughs> the, no, no, the Blizzard, no, Starcraft. The Blizzard, Starcraft, sorry, Starcraft, sorry. Yes. Yeah. To Starcraft and Warcraft and Command and Conquer and all of those real-time strategy games. But then mm. at the same time... A big portion of where I spent a lot of my time were in games like Populous, uh, Black and White, uh, The Sims. You know, this mm. is the, I'm talking about the original incarnations of a lot of these these the titles. God games, yes, today. the God games. The, 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 that's it. Yeah. The, that that simulation genre. Mm. And I don't know. It. Thank you. That was. That's just like such a wonderful way of thinking about it. Now, I know initially when we started speaking, I was very much like, "Oh, Pokemon. You're a Pokemon." You know. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. But. You know, Pokemon is now a wholly different game. Oh, and, it's a beast and, on its own. And, yeah. No, but, but, but hear me out now, because I think this is truly fascinating. Well, to me, oh, it's fascinating, oh. right? I loved, or I, they still, I still fondly recall the old Pokemon games. But yes, those are not simulation or no. real-time strategy. No, they're RPGs. They're yeah, role-playing they're games. Formers, essentially. And I'm not a role-playing gamer. I yeah. don't enjoy them. Yeah. Right? Isn't yeah, like, isn't that absolutely fascinating? Like it even is today, I'm a huge Pokemon fan. I love the cards. Mm. I still enjoy the merchandise. I haven't been a huge fan of the newer games and even some of the older ones. I mean, I think I stopped after um, not gold and silver. It was just after that. I kind of sort of. Ruby, I mean, I love the games and I played them. Yeah, I still I did play Emerald, but I kind of lost. I fell a little bit out of love with them, right? Because yeah, it was very repetitive that. and the same thing. And I don't really like repetition. But then again, mm. is he, I don't know. Okay, and now I'm just rambling. Now I'm just rambling. No, it's fine. Uh, I, because this is intriguing. It's, it's just making me think of a lot of stuff. And, you know, because we're particularly talking here about games that shaped us, right? Yes. And I now realize, like, I really gravitated to things like, if we really go way back again to where in the world is Carmen San Diego, which might not be a simulation, but it's very much like a mystery whodunit. And then yeah, that then makes me those. think about how I enjoyed games like Monkey Island and Loom yeah. and, D- and, and uh, oh, Mist anyway. even. Mist, maybe. I, my gosh, Mist was, I remember spending hours and weekends with my cousins Trying Just to figure trying out to the figure puzzles. Out what to do. <laughs> yes, yeah. literally like writing them down on a notepad because you, you couldn't to. get through. <laughs> exactly. Um, I remember having this game. It, it was kind of a clone because back then clones were abundant. Um, yeah. Called Egypt. Now, I don't know if it was a AAA title, I guess, back then. Um, but it was similar to Myst. And I just couldn't get past that first two hours <laughs> because the puzzles were so Yeah, bad. but you, you know, that's... I actually miss that. So, you know, some people might argue that the puzzles from those older titles were a little bit too ob, 
you know, are like too, too, too out of the box. <laughs> but, but no, in all fairness, the difference between, in my personal opinion, games from back then mm. versus a lot of the content we see today is that titles from the past almost never held your hand. They were like, yeah, here's the gameplay. And you were like, I don't know how. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, what and, is and, this? And they're just like, figure it out. You know, um, whereas games today, you know, I suppose that was where the birth of the tutorial came from, mm-hmm. you know, specifically as games, you know, uh, in, you know, evolved and became more advanced and, you know, controller schemes and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's, um, I, I still want to keep speaking more about these earlier games and like, so rather it would, so I've given, I've spoken to everybody now very much about how I even to this day, I'm a huge fan of City builders, simulation, RTA, uh, real-time yeah. strategies. And I will dabble in RPG if a game has RPG elements, but I'm not somebody mm-hmm. to dive into a full-on role-playing game. Oh, you know, right. like like, yeah. like Mass Effect, I thoroughly enjoyed because mm. to me, that's adventure game with RPG tacked on. It's not mm-hmm. a full-on RPG in my opinion, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's more action. Yeah, yeah. So let's go. Let's go back a little bit more. Um, yeah. Now, so something else I suppose we have to speak about is uh, there is six years between us. So where I also feel like I actually really enjoy Digimon. I watched all the I watched all the episodes the of the anime. show, right? Mm-hmm. And that was also a time where I started discovering uh, Yu Gi Oh and uh, Dragon oh, Ball gosh, Z. I loved Yu Gi Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the differences with those is that. Yu-Gi-Oh for me was the cards in very much the way that I was already collecting the Pokemon cards at the time. Yeah, so you, know? so you were already invested um, in that you singular facet. That's another interesting thing to me. Now, I wonder mm. where this falls in. So I've discovered or, or noted as an adult that I'm very much a collector. Now, mm. not a collector of arbitrary things like i'm not a hoarder that's not what i mean by a collector well that's but what like water say <laughs> <laughs> but kind of like i, I get, i've always ha- uh, you know received great enjoyment from card collecting specifically in the past you know i used to have like uh it was the x-men 93 collection you know the yeah. pokemon cards eventually and so on and so forth and i found that like today weirdly enough that translates a little bit to games where mm. you can buy limited edition things. Mm. And in particular, I'm speaking about Apex Legends and, you know, cosmetics. I spend way too much money on cosmetics and it's all down to the fact because I want to collect them all. You know, especially if they're like a limited edition and they're rare and I have that thing of like, oh, I need that rarity in my I life. Want, <laughs> I want to say you are what's wrong with modern gaming, but I won't say that. <laughs> well, look, I, I would never support uh pay to play or or pay to win i i I vehemently disagree with that you see Mm. i understand i am buying a skin that does absolutely nothing for the character other than the fact that a it's got a legendary rarity meaning that if you don't buy it you can never get it and b it just makes your character look cool you know so like i'm okay with that you know and again Mm. i'm trying to think back to relate to how that actually where did that come from? Well, and I would imagine it was it was when I started collecting stickers for dinosaurs. Oh, and then okay. from stickers, it went to stamps. And from stamps, it went to trading cards. <laughs> Man, I never did the stamp thing. I, I did, did the sticker a while, thing. hey? A good long then while. Then I did the card thing. And the stickers thing was amazing. 
Yeah, I remember all, going to yeah going to school and being like, yeah, I got this one. Like, shiny yeah, and then you pull out your edition. book, your yeah. sticker book, and then you're like, look at this, I got the shiny yes, bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember like uh, Dragon Ball Z stickers and Pokemon stickers and Digimon stickers. That those are the big three I did. The big three, yeah, yeah. You see, and so, also Beyblade. So Lion King was, I think, before you were born, right? Uh, I had a Lion King sticker book. Sticker book. Um, you were I probably like three care. or four when when the Lion King came out. So Man, five I or think six. I was like one. When they no, were you ninety one? Yeah. Yeah. Lion King came out in ninety four. You were three Jeez, already. Jeez, man. <laughs> I loved the movie, but gosh, so I, I was. was I was what? I was eight. I was eight. Yeah, eight nine. Eight nine. Right? Yeah. And. Um, I remember we we traveled to Singapore that year for something and I actually bought a copy of the movie there. And it had only, when we got back to South Africa, it had only just been on the cinema. And I remember I took it to school and we all watched it. And then I cried heavily afterwards because the school's VCR destroyed it. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what, there was also like a collectible element. Do you remember the the marbles at all? I do remember ah, marbles. Okay. I played marbles in my primary school. Now I'm starting to wonder. Yeah. If if what if those movie tie-ins were basically just the '90s version of DLC and pay to enjoy? Well, the, the difference <laughs> is it's it's kind of like tacked on. It's it's an extra experience. It's not. You don't need the, the vanilla, the original to enjoy it. Oh, so, but of course you do. If you didn't watch the movie, you wouldn't care. But even then, <laughs> watching the movie and getting the product is two different things. Yeah, I suppose. I, suppose, oh, I mean, it's kind of like getting the game and then buying the add-ons. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. You can justify your okay. DLC battle pass Ed, purchases um, all you want. So yes. uh, w- uh, what I meant to get to just now was what are your primary games like like your genres if you had to choose now I my genres both of us okay. enjoy a lot but like if you had to pick yeah. let's say three or four favorite genres um rpg mm-hmm. for sure but but i prefer old school rpgs the the more turn-based based stuff. okay and then i would say third person adventure Yes, so uh, that yeah. today those are usually intertwined actually today um, those are quite rare so, you know, something like The Last of mm. Us 2 would be a newer incarnation of an action yes. adventure. You know, but yes. I also know that what you're almost talking about in particular is very different because when we grew up, things like Crash Bandicoot were considered yes. the action adventure or yeah. sorry, the, the platformer of the time. Pretty much. You yes. know, where Tomb Raider then took that platforming and sort of expanded on it to showcase how, oh, the look, you can is. actually have action and story, exactly. not just jumping around on blocks, you know, and exactly, different things. Yeah. That's quite, like, quite interesting. Uh, and then um, that's pretty much the only two big genres I do very much prefer. So, um, so what, what I want to, like, ideally what I'd really like to ask is, yeah. Have you seen it change much from when you were a child to now as an adult? Or have some of the genres in much the same way that like um, real-time strategy and simulation have stuck with me throughout all of these years? Or have you evolved and changed quite a bit as well in a surprising way? Because for mm. me, in, in one surprising way is 
I thoroughly enjoy Apex Legends, and that's not mm. a simulation or a real-time not strategy. All. Yeah. Although, although I could maybe argue the point that there's a little bit of RTS in it, because every match is different, and you have to work together with your it's teammates. It's a little bit tactical. Yes, it's a, bit, a little bit tactical, right? Mm. Um, well, I would say yes in a way because nowadays I thoroughly enjoy simulation, but but but. More no, not like city builder or god games. More more along oh. the lines of of racing games. Ah, oh, I see. Uh, I see stuff like um, computer builder simulation and farm farm simulator. But, but those I are still. That's still. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say I do love farm no, simulator. No, don't be embarrassed. Still I mean that that's that's your your. So so I find this interesting, and, and this is another mm. thing where of course subgenres become important, right? Yes. So, we can't, I can't just say simulation as a whole, because yeah. in my mind, when I think simulation, you are 100% in saying it's actually godlike simulation, where yeah, you yeah. are this overseer and then you look after whether it's like Dungeon Keeper or, yes. you know, Age of Empires or Black and White from the Day or, or the even Sims. So, so civilization would be the god, the, would be, um, oh, sorry, god, god, RP, oh, man. God simulation with yeah. turn-based because that's not yeah. direct direct influence, right? But it's obviously yeah. you're still making the Which choices is, and the decisions, uh, you know. And that's why you so so basically that spawned into four X games. Basically, yes, because, correct, correct. And yeah. I actually think that Civ was inspired by Age of Empires because I think so Age of well. Empires yeah. has a very similar mechanic. It's just not as broken down. Um, in mm. the way that you know you, you have to move by tiles or blocks or whatever the case is. I think so. Exactly so now, that. with 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 that in mind, I find it yeah. so interesting how we both enjoy simulation but different. So mm. where I'm the one that prefers to, like like some of my all time favorite games, and I and I miss them dearly because I have not found good enough replacements for these kinds of titles in today's gaming landscape. Mm-hmm. Is I miss having the kind of game where you can influence, let's say, a civilization or something, and you watch them grow and progress. Now, I know there are games like Anno, for example, which yeah. kind of have that element to it, but it's not exactly the same thing. It's not, no, it's not exactly what I, what I mean by the influence, because they have tech trees, and then depending on what you choose on the tree will determine how the, the game turns out. So there's yeah. a lot of replayability from that aspect. But what I mean mm. is like, I like what, like, 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 no, yes. Like populist and, and black and white too. Look, Peter Molyneux was a genius. Mm. I don't care what anybody yeah, says, but was. black and white, for example, was just so incredible because mm. you were this deity and you physically had a hand in helping these people evolve or mature through a creature that you had an influence over. And mm. it was just so novel and interesting. And I'm sure if I had to play it again today, I'd be like, what is this? What is <laughs> <You know>? this? <laughs> but uh, back it, then it was just remarkable because there's nothing like that today. It, yeah. It reminds me kind of of Spore. Um, you yes, remember that, that was Maxim also game? phenomenal. Phenomenal. Pretty much the last Max, the last good Maxim game. Oh, but um, that's because it was, you know, EA bought them EA. out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> EA. We've been there. Um, <laughs> and, and that was an amazing game. Um, yeah. But play today, you wouldn't want to. Actually, the closest thing you to sport today would be No Man's Sky. Just from a visual perspective. In other words, they took that whole um, procedural genre of game mm. and just took it to the next level. 
Yeah, I get you know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Which is um, very interesting if you think about it today. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Back so, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no. Was, no. I, what, what I was saying is, what I was alluding to is, I've never considered myself a first-person shooter gamer. It's yeah. not the. I don't gravitate to those. You know, like the Call of Duties and the Rainbow Sixes, and even Far Cry. It's not necessarily the kind of genre that I would see myself being like, okay, cool. No, that's what I want this to dive is a into. Must have genre. Yeah. However, however, I do now realize that clumping them all in like that is unfair, because, mm. and I will keep talking about this until somebody makes a reboot. I thoroughly enjoyed Jurassic Park: Trespasser, which was a first-person shooter way back in the day not to mention the fact that i loved the original unreal tournament and um you know there, there were so many yeah. of those those classics that were all fps's even even doom like the original doom yeah and duke Nukem. y'all i'm old <laughs> see the original doom to me was iffy um yeah. pre- i personally grew up with quake okay oh yes um, that, I i'm so quake. glad you mentioned that because i loved quake and quake arena a Quake Arena wasn't too too great for me, um, but Quake Four was this next level narrative type. <laughs> no, no, um, Quake, I wasn't there for the narrative, which no one I was loved there to blow stuff up. Edward. I know, and, and that's why Quake, <laughs> the franchise, just kind of died because everyone just kind of they. Quake was moving. Um, Epic was moving Quake into a narrative direction. And the entire fan base just sank on that because, shit. Because, you see, like, it's <laughs> funny, like, like, you're like, oh, no, not Quake Arenas. I'm like, Quake Arenas, yes. Exactly. there was nothing better than landing with your friends and just yeah. n- annihilating each other, you know? <laughs> Gosh, uh, I forgot the, the full name, but, but after Quake 4 released, and it kind of just failed, um, they released this new multiplayer Quake. Um, I forgot the name, but we land the hell out of yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now Unreal came after Quake, hey? It was like a no, copy almost, was, wasn't it? I actually never played Unreal. I only played Unreal I'm, I'm quite certain it was so, after... I, it, I think the original Unreal came about after Quake, but then Unreal Tournament copied Quake Arena, I think. It was yes. Some, yeah. Something like that. The two of them were very uh, at odds with each other. Uh, yes. Um, I remember Unreal Tournament and, a and, lot. In life and you know the fascinating thing about that is... What? That was the birth of Unreal Engine. Just remember. That's correct. Just remember. That was where Unreal comes from. That's true. <laughs> I remember with every subsequent subsequent yeah. Unreal Tournament game, the engine was different. Because yes. Unreal Tournament, the first one, was basically just Quake. It was uh, a Quake Doom. Arena. Yeah, and yeah, then, was, yeah. And then Unreal Tournament 2K3 or 2003, which was still my favorite of the lot, it was this brand new first person action arena shooter which which was never seen before until yeah, yeah. quake arena also updated to have that um and then 2k7 just crap and then Unreal Tournament <laughs> 3 which, which kind of failed yeah because they also tried this new narrative thing but it was still unreal tournament um and that was unreal tournament 3 the uh, yeah, unreal engine yeah. 3 that was like that is basically all the games you play today, <laughs> and then game Unreal Tournament, uh, Engine Four. Yeah, um, that's basically. But the that's fascinating, though, if you think about it, hey. Yeah, hey? To, it's super so, fascinating. Something I've just realized as well while we're speaking now is this topic will be different for everyone depending on yes. the generation they grew up in. Yes. So these games that made us. 
will be very different to somebody who is currently growing up. Now, imagine that for a second, right? Now, somebody who's, let's say, my age when Jurassic, when Operation, um, Jurassic Park Operation Genesis came out, I was what, like, maybe like 10. Yeah. Now, imagine if I was 10 today and I was spoiled with something like Jurassic World Evolution. Fortnite. You know, or Fortnite or Apex Legends or the, the countless number of games that are out there. I do feel, though, that this is probably nostalgia or just age talking, mm. but I'm, if I look at the landscape today, I'm quite sad that the simulation market from a God gaming perspective has yeah. seen such a decline as well as yeah. real-time strategy. You know, the, the, the Command and Conquers and the, the Starcraft and the Warcraft, you know, a lot of those very interesting RTS titles mm. don't exist anymore today. Or yeah. They just, you know, everybody gravitates towards FPSs now. And whatever the latest, I guess, action title is. Not that I even Pretty know much. what action is anymore. The, mul- you know? the, the latest multiplayer action, which is COD or Battlefield or one of those many, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, so let, let, let's speak then a little bit about today's gaming landscape. And yeah. if we think it's as varied as it used to be. Mm. So I'm in two minds about this. Yeah. I say so because... The advent of mobile games and monetization has vehemently changed the market. And I don't think for the better. Um, I say this because as a simulation gamer, but, you know, the, 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 the God simulation gamer, I have found that almost all of those titles are just money hungry cash grabs on mobile. Yeah, with no real, uh, you know, like God tier elements or actual simulation happening in the background to see how your characters develop or the cities build or anything like that. Yeah, it's very much just um, here's a thing with a timer, and if you want the timer to go faster, you got to pay, and then it's never really satisfying. That's my mm. current opinion of those particular titles, which to me is very sad and a little bit unfortunate. It's super um, sad, yeah. and. Now I'm wondering about if there's, if there's a cognitive impact or some sort of a socio, um, you know, sociological impact on, on empathy for people who could have played games like that versus the, what the games that are oh, available today sure. and they don't have. I don't know. That, that's just me wondering out loud now because. I, don't, I, don't, I think you're um, you know, No, but the thing is people weren't always attracted to games like that in the past anyway. So if you didn't yeah. really enjoy uh, godlike simulations, you wouldn't have played them. So it wouldn't make a difference. It wouldn't have no impact on you. So then, but you know, even- it makes you wonder if maybe um, we're more in tuned to just... Actually, I think what, what has changed, I think what has actually changed, I think this is, this is mm-hmm. maybe the, the, the key factor, is people today want instant gratification. And yes. that means that a, that a god-tier simulation wouldn't give it to them. Because yes. that requires time and patience, patience. to build and manuf- you know, to nourish whatever it is you're doing in the game versus something mm-hmm. like Call of Duty where you can just go into a multiplayer match within like two minutes, shoot some noobs and then leave. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's, like, like, wow, that's, wow, that's a very interesting, that, to me, be- that's quite a... Exactly. Okay. I mean, people want it so bad they're willing to spend real life money for it. Yeah. Um, on top of yeah. what they already spend to get the game. Um, and, and the I online think that, fees and so on and so exactly. forth. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's kind of what influenced all companies 
to move in a similar direction for money, money, different money. styles of games. <laughs> exactly. Um, games like MMOs, like multiplayer games. Um, mm, mm. When Blizzard saw what what they the could opportunity, do with yeah. the internet, they jumped on that shit. So much so that, <laughs> will, that the Warcraft franchise as an RTS just died. Actually, you, you, you're right because WoW, World of Warcraft is nothing like the RTS that spawned Not at it. Not all, yeah. yeah. That's very um, true. And the one time they tried to refresh that, they made such a bugger up of the process that it's not even being talked about today. You know, I find it interesting they never made a was a world of StarCraft. I think they might have had that in the pipeline. Because but that could have been cool. I have a tiny <laughs> feeling that they were afraid of, of messing up what potential they had with WoW. Like one mm, game is going to kill mm. the other. Because, um, yeah, I, I think you, you, you probably have a point there. Also, mm. I know that the only reason why we even got StarCraft 2, um, which is already a decade, I mean, it's old now. It's like 15 years old now. It doesn't yeah, feel it's like ancient. it, but like it's, it's ancient now. Yeah. Is because of the competitive element, which yeah. uh, StarCraft 1 spawned off in the Asia-Pacific regions. Yes. Um, you know, so that's another interesting thing altogether. And I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm happy enough with, with games of today, but I miss games where I feel that when I'm playing, it doesn't feel like a waste of time. Yeah. Now, I know that's a weird thing to say, you know, because generally you should never think that something you enjoy is a waste of time, right? And, and, and regardless of what game you enjoy, it, it isn't a waste of time. What yeah. I just mean by that is like, I thoroughly enjoy playing Apex Legends. Okay, that's a fairly new game. It came out in 2019. I never thought I would enjoy a Battle Royale in the way that I am enjoying it as as much as I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't regret playing it because it brings me satisfaction and joy. Mm -hmm. But what I'm getting at is I've played it weekly for almost the entire year this year because that's only when I really got into it. It was earlier this year. I... Don't, I know this is weird to say, but like, I've enjoyed it and I don't regret it, but there's nothing there to show for it. Now, I know that's a weird thing to say, because if I played competitively, I could, you know, rank up and so on and so forth. But what I mean Mm. is, imagine an online, okay, it doesn't even have to be online, but let's just imagine for the sake of of modernity, right? It's an online God tier simulation title where you have a planet or something and you help the civilization advance and you, you, you help them build up and then you, you explore, let's say, the universe and you colonize other planets. But mm-hmm. as this, this, this deity that's looking after these people, mm. imagine that on a global scale, you know? Gosh. I think that would be think- so cool. Anyway. Sorry. Don't, don't, <laughs> you shouldn't give Robertson Industries all these ideas because, you know, that's the next direction Star, um, Star Citizen is going in. Oh, uh, listen, Star Citizen, I, I know it's not vaporware because it exists and people get to play it. But, man, but Star Citizen for me is kind of like what I think Facebook wants to do with the metaverse. You know, they kind of want you to live in it and like you actually work in Star Citizen and earn an income. They do. That, that's exactly I don't what know want, if but. I'm ready for that. To be honest with you, I want a game to be leisure. I, I don't just, want it to be work. 
I just want my game to finally release. I paid for that game. <laughs> Did you really? Are you one of the yeah. supporters? Like, I can't even remember, but it was long ago. I was still <laughs> living in two houses back mm. and I paid for that game. And that game never came to fruition. <laughs> what they're doing now is like some first person shooter thing and some exploration thing. And it keeps well, getting wiped every three oh, months. Oh. That's I don't great. know. Okay. It's a mess. Le- yes. Again, let's re- reining it in again, reining it in again, because we keep mm-hmm. we keep just exploring different topics. So the games mm. that made us, the games yes. that made us. Give me a few more of the ones that really stand out in your memory over the last like two decades that that you feel have had a legitimate impact on the gamer you are today. Final Fantasy Nine. Um, Good, yeah. That that's the Final Fantasy I began with. Um, I saw my dad playing it, and I just always watched him play. Mine was seven, and it's Ares for life. Don't come at me with Aerith. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a bad translation. Okay. Um, after that, Sephiroth I moved to is bay. four. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I moved to Final Fantasy four, which I loved even more because it was even more old school. But I ultimately love Final Fantasy VIII. That's my all, okay. all-time favorite. Yeah. Um, I, I think that shaped me into loving the, the grindy type of, of re- role-playing RPG. Games. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The kind of turn-based thing where you have to, after 30 hours, you spend 10 hours just fighting monsters. You see, and then you can finally continue. So I've found that I've mm. never enjoyed that. And... I'm only now genuinely realizing that because I actually do remember yeah. back in the day. Remember my first RPGs were Pokemon, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, of course, well, I say first, but I mean, at the time, yes, I played Final Fantasy VII, but I didn't play. I watched my cousin Hannah play through the game. So I, I adored the story, but yeah. when I went to bed, she would do the grinding <laughs> mm-hmm. and she would do the fighting of the monsters, the level of the character so that we could progress to the next story chapter. So for me, the Final Fantasy VII is the one and only game I've actually played through to completion, right? And I know Mm. the story, I know the characters, and I cried when certain characters died. If you haven't seen it yet by Mm. now, you should know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe not with the remake doing this thing. So so actually, see, that's interesting to me because I haven't played the remake yet, but I want to, but I'm waiting for them to finish it. I don't want to do, oh, yeah. you know, portion by portion. But I'm probably going to be 50 by the time that happens. Yeah, anyway. I was going to say. Anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, So what I, what I get by that is that I find it so interesting to me is that like these games of Yonder helped us and showed us what we do and don't like. So how you yeah. are all, all, you're fine with the grind. Oh, I, I can't that. stand I the grind. So mm. any game that requires me to hours and hours and hours of like have to do the same thing monotonously, it just puts me off. And isn't that yeah, interesting? Because I'm that. a fan of Pokemon. Yeah. And that is what yeah. Pokemon is all about. But that, that doesn't mean that just I don't walking dislike around it bush. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, on the topic of grind, another game that, that basically shaped me, uh, who I am, it, it helped me type fast. Um, even oh. though I'm obviously not as fast a typer as you. Mm. Um, it helped me. It helped my social skills, surprisingly. Um, oh, lovely. I, I met a bunch of people I still know and talk to today through this game. Oh, can um, I guess what it is? Can I guess? You can guess, yeah. Guild Wars. 
Actually, no. Oh, oh. No. Um, <laughs> I, I do have Guild Wars on my list, but only because I played it at the same time as this game. You, you have told me about this before. I know you I have. have. Yes, okay, but yeah. I've, I've obviously forgotten the name. Anyway. So it's Mabel Story. Um, Mabel? With, yes. Wow. I played. Wow. Uh, listen, I lost a decade <laughs> of my life to this game. And when I say lost, I mean like. As you know, I I tend to be uh, be obsessive. I have an obsessive personality. I, I think if I, I love think something, that's normal. I don't think that that's Maybe. unusual. Maybe. Um, I mean, um, look at how much of a fan of Jurassic Park I still am today. I and guess, but but when I say obsessive, I mean like <laughs> I started I started failing grades because of this game. Oh, okay, all right. That's um, okay. Please don't ever do drugs, Edward. No, I'll, I'm never gonna <laughs> do drugs. Um, the only drug I do is is um, nicotine. Um, uh, is oh, you? I always forget you're a smoker because you vape. No, I don't. Yeah, I vape. I, don't I, smoke. I forget. Don't okay, smoke. Anyway, kids, anyway. please don't smoke. <laughs> don't, don't. It's an uh, awful, awful habit. Please. <laughs> um, and if you don't do anything regarding your lungs, don't even vape, um, because that still goes into actually. Your lungs yeah, it's bad. still really bad for you. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, PSA. Yeah. With that PSA, <laughs> the the reason Maple Story is so high on my list is because. I met people through it and, and I love people that I met through it. And I, I, I learned my love for the English language thanks to Maple Story. Oh, that's fascinating. That it's during this time in my life that I decided I want to write one day. I want to be a published author. And that's just wow. my goal. Maple um, Story I'm is what did it. it. Yeah, that's Maple amazing. Maple Story is, is the one singular game where I made my biggest ever decision. Um, and that is just what I want to become. Um, Edward, that's in, that's incredible. Yeah, and, and mainly because it's one of those grindy games. Okay, yeah. so you're level thirty nine or whatever, and you're on this map because it's it's like tiny maps, platform based. And then Maple Story had a keyboard control, so it's like you use the arrow keys to move, and then use the lead key to shoot your bombs or your arrows or whatever. It was weird, stupid controls mm-hmm. um, in retrospect. And then at the same time, when someone logs on, you're like, enter, quickly type a message, enter, and you continue before this creature, before these monsters you're bombing, fight back. So it taught me how to spell at least decently well (laughs) in seconds, literal seconds. Um, So yeah, that's why I chose MapleStory. And then the third game, I would say is Chrono Trigger, which is also an RPG. Mm. Um, this is a timing wiming game I alluded to earlier. It's it's super old school. It's it's kind of like a two D isometric um, game with super pixels. It's it's a very pixely game, but it's one of the best damn RPGs I've played in my life, and it still is. It's still <laughs> up there. It's still the best. Um, That's awesome. It it has like thirty six endings, depending on That's what you crazy. do throughout the game. Wow. Um, and it's the tiniest. I thing. love that if, if you if you choose not to eat someone's lunch at the very beginning of the game, you get a different ending at the end of the game. I love it's, that it's though. It's so I love that. In- nuanced. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the three big ones, I would say. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What about you? Um, I mean, I, okay, I don't have anything as re- revelatory as... As, uh, as Maple picking, Story. Picking a, <laughs> picking a life path from a, because of a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's just more along the lines of those initial games that set me on the path of the genres I would most enjoy, I think. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and those would be things like um, King's Quest, the DOS version. Oh gosh, that and was a good game. Loom and the Dig, and you know all of those the point and click adventures. So I was very much brought up on point and click. Yeah, you know, um, which because those are like some of the first, <laughs> the first things you know that you could play. But it was it was very much the whole. You know, I love the in, investigative elements behind it, yeah. you know, and and finding out and the the story beats of how depending on your choices would influence what would happen throughout the game. Mm-hmm. You know, because even though these games were super old, they did have different endings and they did yes. have different means of 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 choice selection in that. Yeah, and I think I've always gravitated towards that, which is quite interesting now when I think about it because if choice is so important, then I ended up playing a god game where it was all about choice. Yeah, it was all you. Know, new. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> um, like, City Skylines today is a modern one. You love that. Yeah. Movie. So so let, let, let me. I don't want to say like profound impact or anything like that, but Jurassic Jurassic Park Trespass as a game, I just cannot stop thinking about. Mm. Purely because it it had all of those elements. It had yeah, puzzle it had with action, and it was first person, and it was so unusual because it had a female heroine as well, which was so yeah. so ahead of its time. But more so, yeah. it was the interactivity that the game offered, which no other game at the time did. You know, it had a mm. full on physics based system where you could pick up things and throw them. Oh man! You know, and break things, and it was it was very very cutting edge. So I have found that maybe. Instead of influencing my life in such a drastic way as Mabel's story did for you, these have helped me sort of gravitate towards the games that I enjoy the most. Yeah. You know, and for me, I would say that they are generally either very narrative heavy or they have no narrative because I'm the narrative. And what I mean by that is it's either a game like um, Jack and Daxter, for example, you know, or Tomb Raider, which had these awesome narratives that you would follow action adventure, you know, you go through with this character, right? Or you are in control of this character. So that would be like black and white or the movies Mm. or the Sims, you know, where you now make your own story and then it develops into something. You see? I remember Tomb Raider, (laughs) the, 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 the original, there were four generations of Tomb Raider, which we are on the fourth now. The first generation ended with Tomb Raider 3. Okay. And I remember playing Tomb Raider 3 and that was just a cool action adventure game, whatever yeah. platformer. And then Tomb Raider Four came out with its heavy narrative, where where you basically see Lara that. grow from, yes. from young Tomb Raider to wasn't that basic, Dark Angel? A, no, no, Dark Angel was six. But oh, that was wow. the third generation okay. already. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I know this because I was obsessed with Tomb Raider as well <laughs> for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so you saw this young Lara grow up. And then it ends with her apparent death um, at the hands of yes, her correct. mentor. Yeah. And then Tomb Raider 5 came out. Uh, Chronicles, Tomb Raider Chronicles. And it begins with this weird memory section where we see, oh, she's not dead and she's there to kill all the people who wronged her or whatever. And it was so bad. And that's when basically Tomb Raider, I, it fell off for me um, and it became an action game. More so than a story game. Yes, yes. Um, so it's in, it's intriguing that you mentioned Tomb Raider because I have this fond memories of this one singular game because number three just had a creepy ass butler. Um, oh, I love the butler. He was my favorite no, in, in the house. No. I love that. Um, in the mansion, yes. So yes, in the mansion. And you lock him in the fridge. I, every time I turn around, well, when, because it has this training section um, uh, yeah. in the house, uh, because that's still, that had Angelina Jolie do the voice, I believe. 
No, um, no. I think so. No, maybe in the remake or something, but definitely not for the oh, original maybe. one. Oh, maybe, okay. No, um, no, no, no. I just remember it was around the same time that okay. I played it. Um, and then you turn around and the butler is right there. It ga- it was scarier <laughs> than Splinter Cell. Oh, not Splinter Cell, Silent Hill. Well, this is why you don't do scary games, right? I, I, I love Silent Hill, but I don't play it. Do you know I, why I don't do scary it. games? Can I, can I give you my little story <laughs> as to do. why I don't do them? Please it do. was years and years and years ago. I had a PlayStation 1. Um, I got it for Christmas. And so I was with Hannah again. And we were with my dad. And now, bear in mind, Hannah's four years older than me. So if I was 10, she was 14, right? Or if I was 12, she was 16. So it was quite a, you know, a bit of a, a difference, especially when you're that young, in those formative ages. And my dad, not knowing much about video games, not always wanting to please me, bought me whatever I wanted. So I remember um, we went into this one store in the pavilion in Durban and they imported a lot of stuff and they also chipped consoles. So I remember I had my PlayStation (laughs) chipped so I could run uh, US and PAL games instead of just PAL, right? And so, yes, NTC and PAL, yeah, exactly. And the NTC games were often cheaper. Because they were imported mm-hmm. at a lower yep. exchange rate. Always like whatever. 20 bucks cheaper, I remember. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, for whatever reason, my dad bought Resident Evil for us. Oh, gosh. The very first one. The, the now, now original was, one. The original, the original. Now, I was young, okay. And um, we took it home and Hannah was so super excited. She couldn't of wait. Course. She obviously was <laughs> so into it. She couldn't wait, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, we popped the disc in and I will never, ever, ever, ever forget that first FMV of the zombie and those noises it made. I I was going to never for the life of me ever forget. And I I was not traumatized because I mean, I'm not, I was never, ever that kind of a kid that got traumatized by watching things. Right. But it genuinely freaked me out and I couldn't watch her play the game. Because, because, because I don't do jump scares and stuff. And then after Whoa. seeing that, and the, the whole like, you know, noises yeah. and stuff, I, it was, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't. And then I was so upset about it. And I was like, no, daddy, I don't want this game anymore. Da, 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 da. And then eventually we changed it for, I think it was, um, I think it was uh, Jack and Daxter. And oh, okay. never looked back. <laughs> See, what did it for me in Resident Evil specifically was that dog scene, that uh, that oh. first jog, dog jump scare. Can't. Yes, through the, through the window. Through the window, yeah. God, I'll, yeah. I'll never forget it. I, I'm even getting the, glasses now. They all about happen at very similar times. So it's after yes. you first see the the that initial, you know, the, you know what you're talking in the, about, right? Yes. Where, where like you open the door and then like it's like he's eating and then the you person through, and then he and turns then see, or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, it's the dog one. And it was just... Yeah. I just, I don't do scary games today. I'll never do scary games. I don't do scary movies either. I don't do jump scares. Now, thrillers, I'm all for. Suspense, mm. I'm all for. Like, I thoroughly, mm. thoroughly, like one of my favorite games, I don't want to say of all time, but it's very close, is Alien Isolation. I absolutely adore that game. It's, it's. Um, and I want a Jurassic Park equivalent at some point in time. But suspense, I can do, but I can't mm. do shock horror. I just, it's just, with stuff that jumps out at you, mm-mm. I'm not interested. No thanks. <laughs> I get that. Like, I'll still play scary games. Yeah. But it's not it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I get I get why you're you're like a big no no on those. Well, it, this was um, um, what a wonderful discussion. I, yes, I thought we were only going to maybe just talk for a short while. This and the thing is, if I don't if I don't make us stop now, we will Listen, just wax yeah, lyrical go for. So I mean, there's so much more we can talk about in terms of the games that made us. But I'm happy we at least 
you know, got down to, if anything at all, the fact that, you know, there were, are very much titles from our past that have influenced the genres of games we enjoy today. Mm. And I then want to push, put forward the question to those of you who are growing up today, perhaps, if you're listening to this, what games have influenced you in your formative years? Like, let's perhaps say you are 20 years or 15 years younger than Edward and I. What are yeah. your formative games? Like you know, and how now. do they make you feel? You know, yeah, even now, like, like imagine the Fortnite generation. That's mm. their, their, my, like their version of my Operation Genesis or my Pokemon much, or yeah. your Maple Story. you know? Mm. And I'm very, I would love to, if anybody does listen this far into the podcast to let us know, actually, regardless of whether you've listened this far or not, what are your thoughts on it? Do you have yeah. games that made you? Let us know. Um, and on that note, I just want to mention that I find it intriguing that not one of us mentioned the big like when you ask someone on the street today what big game they loved or whatever, it'll be something like Elder Scrolls, it'll be something like Doom, or you know, yes, all the big ones, yes, Half-Life. Yes. I find it fascinating that not one of us really mentioned those. Um and I think okay. Even yeah. if even if it was one of those more mainstream games, I want to know from you guys, the the listeners and the viewers, if it was and why, specifically well, why. Ed, I mean we could keep, remember, we've only touched on a very small portion of games we've played because I can honestly True. tell you that Halo is a huge formative game for me. Oh, yes. Um, the original that. one that actually made me enjoy FPSs more than most others. Mm. Also because of the narrative, like you fall in love with Cortana and Master Chief, but then also Fable. I thoroughly enjoyed all of the Fable games and, and I love that that was one of the first titles, in my memory at any rate, to bring in how good versus evil and how that changes the world around you. And that is something I've always adored. I love that, that epic consequence, even though Mm. I'm the kind of gamer who can't, who has to like, especially now today with the advent of the internet and Google, I have to pause and stop because I need the good ending. You know, yeah. when we were back then, that, I that didn't that exist, well. you know? Um, um, like, okay, sorry, one more thing, one more thing, because I know mm-hmm. we're meant to be ending now, we're meant to be ending. Now, this is a more modern title, right? From the PlayStation yeah. 3 era, um, more modern, like 15 years ago, gosh. Um, but Heavy Rain is one of my, I wouldn't say all-time favorite games, but is one of the most, it's one of the games that has marked me the most, because mm-hmm. it was the first time I ever truly felt that my decisions in a game had an impact and yeah. how I clearly remember there was a, there was a point where you had to kill a character at gunpoint and your choice was either to do it or not. And regardless of, you know, how fable has the good versus evil and how many games like a mass effect has like good versus evil. This game didn't have that. It was just a it's choice. Of, do, yeah, it was, yes, it was great. And I, it, it was so impactful for me. I remember I just, I couldn't do it. And I was like, I have to let this person live. And I was actually what, like shaking at the thought, you know? Actually, what, what <laughs> made that scene even more powerful is the fact that you know this character, he's a, he's yes. a baddie. He, yes, he, that's he's it. A, not, not baddie in terms of evil, baddie in terms of he fondles children. Yeah. Now, yeah. but the reason why you, like, obviously the, the, the jerk reaction is, oh no, you're going to kill that guy. But the reason you don't want to is because you're already so invested into the character you're playing, yes, um, yeah. Ethan Mars. It was done so well. Um, that you don't want to... Like, you don't I'm want also to, getting goosies. You don't, want, you don't to want to put Ethan through that. 
Yes, right? like, like it's it's <laughs> what Ethan is going through. What, what yeah. you are you are just a pilot. You're piloting Ethan, and, and so, so it's different than an RPG. But you're so invested in this game, and it's such a good game that, so that good. you it's have so, so to good. take into consideration what this will do to the people around him. And, yeah. and that's what made your heavy you rain see, so well. And now again, that's another um, another thing that I would love to have. You know, if I had just infinite money and resources is I would mm. love to actually get people into a room or whatever, two different groups and one has to kill and one doesn't have to kill. Mm. Um, but you separate the groups by empathy and oh. then you determine whether more empathetic people would do it or the less empathetic. I know you, you just think yeah, obviously that that's the that. case, but not necessarily. Sometimes mm. somebody who's very empathetic might think very logically you know, mm. anyway, that's just, sorry, that just came to my mind. Anyway, um, Edward, <laughs> this was a phenomenal yes. discussion. I really enjoyed this episode. Actually, I, I and um, I, I hope that those who listen will enjoy it as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, uh, we hope you all have a wonderful couple of weeks ahead. Yep. Um, there are big things happening for Edward and we will share <laughs> them in future episodes. But yeah, thank you all again for, for listening. If you enjoy what we do, you know what to do. And we look forward to chatting with you all again soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.